Headliner Radio, the creative voice. So we're very happy to welcome back Katie Tunstall to the show, which is months after you first joined us at the beginning of lockdown. So how have you been since we last spoke, Katie? Well, it feels like I only spoke to you like last week. <laughs> no, same. What has happened to the time? It's just really weird. Like, we're, I think we're all experiencing time tra- travel during lockdown, which is like, wait, that, how many months? What? Not the fun kind, um, like in films. Yeah, but I, I actually, I feel um, that there's been some really good kind of progression for me creatively. I've started really kind of digging into alternative ways of being creative and trying to sort of, I don't know, like reshape my job, basically, yeah. because touring is not is not an option right now. And that was taking up probably 90% of my time. Um, and obviously it was also 90% of my income. So mm. it, it's been a really important time to assess um, my situation. And I, you know, I never, I didn't really want my, my situation to be that reliant on touring. So it's not all been bad. It's been a really interesting um, kind of, fork in the road of going right what what do you want to do and how do we curate our my day to to try and make different things happen yeah exactly and it's it seems it's a very strange thing isn't it everyone's adapting artists everyone but um it seems like yeah. a lifetime ago now but i actually saw you perform in london just last year supporting the fantastic um, hall and oats and i'm pretty sure i could see you at the oh, side of the stage amazing. with the girls in your band yeah. dancing and enjoying it and everything but does it feel like a lifetime yeah, to so you too funny, like because you know they they have they have an older audience because of the the you know when their kind of zenith was but they've yes. got a lot of young people still into I them, went with my mum it was really funny for them when we were opening for them because we were just all so crazy about the show and me and my full girl band would just kind of sneak into the photo pit and just be losing it dancing to them and they loved it they loved having like a bunch of babes dancing <laughs> for their show and at one point John Oates threw me a guitar pick and I honestly didn't move my hand, and it landed in my hand. Wow. And I was like, how did he do that? This is at Wembley. And then I, next time I saw him, because that was what I was going to be doing this year, was opening for them all of this year. Mm. I said, John, you know that, that time when we were dancing in front of you at Wembley and you threw me a guitar pick? You know it landed in my hand. And he went, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, he's so cool. And you're so cool catching that. It sounds so like cool. it's from a film, Katie. It was like, I felt like, you know, um, Courtney Cox and the Brian Springsteen in Brian. Oh my God, I just said Brian Springsteen. <laughs> it's okay. I no no one will know that happened. It's I am now losing my mind. It's been a long week. It's okay. It's, it's all right. It's been a long week. It's been a long week that's lasted about nine months. Yes, it has. It really has. And the last time we that, spoke... That's, that, like, sorry, that's like, that's beyond anything I've ever said before. <laughs> Brian Springsteen is definitely a moment where I need to check my mental health. It's his cousin, you know, he's just, he's talented too. <laughs> <laughs> he's an electrician. <laughs> yeah, he's an electrician in New Jersey, but he likes playing his, he likes playing his little banjo. Yeah, he's been grafting. Come on, let's give him some love. Come on, Brian, you're doing well. Brian, we love you. Yeah, love you, Brian. Um, yeah, the last time we spoke as well, you were enjoying your daily walk and doing your Katie Reds yeah. on Instagram. You were finally getting eight hours of sleep a night and you were about yeah. to move into a new studio, weren't you? So, you know, how's the sleep schedule going and the, the Katie Raves? How's that all been going? 
I'm getting less sleep. I'm talking to you from my studio, and I have my very last rave this next coming week at Halloween. Oh, really? Okay. We've kept it up the whole time, but I just can't do it every week anymore. Um, and uh, it's it's moved over to my Patreon, which has been such an amazing experience. People probably don't know what that is, but it's an online fan club. And it's, I think, absolutely the future for musicians and any new artist out there, if you're obviously and understandably worried about your future, it's a great way to connect with fans. So they, you basically, it's a fan club. People pay a subscription and they get a certain amount of things from you per month. But the really important thing is that you have direct contact with your fans. And at this time, where we just feel so disconnected and we're really missing that, that, you know, medicine of going to a gig at the end of a hard week. Um, it's been fantastic. And I really, I, I, it's a community and I, and I've really appreciated that. So that's where the raves live now. And so I've decided from now on, it's not the, it's not the end of raves, but it's going to be rogue raves. <laughs> Maybe so more space. They don't outrage. know when they're coming. They're just going to pop out of nowhere. Okay, fair enough. They they could be a lot to keep up. To be fair, you can pace yourself now. And um, exactly. I know you've done a few gigs since we last spoke as well. Have they all been virtual? Have you managed to actually do some socially yeah, distanced ones? Yeah, there's been ones? a handful in person. There was a really cool one in Huntington Beach. It's about an hour and a half south of LA on the on the beach, and it was a hotel. It's called the Pasea, and out the back of the hotel, all the rooms have balconies and opposite those balconies and the balconies face the beach and the sunset. And out the back of the balconies is a multi-story car park. And the roof is perfectly positioned that they put a PA on there and everyone booked a room and came out on their balcony and watched my gig. Nice. And so it was a vertical audience. Okay. And was that and a that strange scenario? And had the sun going down b- b- over the sea and the beach in the background. It was gorgeous. So mm. that was great. I played a couple of gigs out in Stowe, Vermont, which was nice. That was outdoor. And they've had very low numbers um, of COVID in Vermont. So that mm. was great. And um, But it's just not the same. It's really difficult. And I think the thing that kind of weighed on me after doing in-person shows was, you know, your job putting on a show is really just breaking through the ceiling uh, of emotion with people and giving them that really euphoric experience of being at a show, being connected, watching music, just not thinking of anything else. And I think with the weight of what's going on, it's just not really that available, that freedom that you get at a show and just forget about everything. I think it's just a bit too hard to forget about everything right now. Um, And so I think actually the streaming shows, it's great to have those, those, those um, opportunities to play for people and with a bunch of people. But, you know, in terms of everyone being absolutely safe and, um, and, and really kind of giving the best performance, it's, I think there's some great streaming stuff going on, and I'm very excited about my one coming up. It's the 7th of November at the iconic Whiskey A Go Go on the Sunset Strip in LA. I know, so excited about that. So it's a global pay-per-view concert, isn't it, featuring yourself, obviously. And for anyone that doesn't know that's listening, um, obviously it's such an iconic venue, isn't it? Opened in the 60s, it's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's do a little bit of the bands that became famous from doing Mm -hmm, shows mm -hmm. at the Whiskey A Go Go. The Doors, yep. ACDC, 
Van Halen, Guns N' Roses. I mean, it's like yeah. the amount of hairstyles that would not exist if it wasn't for the Whiskey A Go-Go. I know, it's crazy. And, and obviously, of course, even all that history, unfortunately, it's just no match for the current situation. And along with all the other venues, it's closed or yeah. temporarily closed, isn't it? So I'm guessing, did you immediately say yes when you were asked to perform here? And I'm just curious, what are your memories of playing here? How's it shaped yeah. your career? Sorry, say that again. Uh, I was wondering, have you, um, how, I mean, I'm guessing you've played there before, you know, once it was open for real. And, um, you know, how's it shaped your music career? Well, there's just these venues that you play, like in Scotland for me, it was King Tut's. I'd always heard of King Tut's. I sang as a backing singer in my friend's band. And that was the gig, you know, that's the gig. That's the gig where Oasis got signed with King Tut's in Glasgow. And there's these really, really iconic smaller venues that lot the troubadour in la is another one but the whiskey is for sure one of those just hallowed grounds of of um of it's the starter gun you know of of incredible careers with unbelievable longevity and and so you're you're fed by that when you're in that building because the history is just in the walls and there's often pictures on the walls there's graffiti it's just great it's a great atmosphere so um I and I have played there before and uh, I can't wait to play again. It's me and a drummer, proper rock and roll show and um, no audience. It's all COVID safe. Mm -hmm. But the really cool thing about this show and the the thing that we miss with streamed performances is do you feel like you're really there, you know, or do you feel like you're watching TV? Um, I'm going to have a screen at my feet where I am reading people's comments watching in real time and I will be interacting with everybody watching the show so I'm basically you can heckle me from the front row during the show I hope they have a big font because I don't think I'd be able to see that at my feet yeah I'm definitely grateful for laser eye surgery with this idea (laughs) but the other thing that's cool about it is there's also merch for the show so you can really feel like you came to the gig you can buy you can get with your ticket you can get a t-shirt and a mask to go with it mask excellent always um well welcomed at this time of course so yeah the tickets are available yeah. now aren't they from beeps and tickets yeah, are just ten dollars which is about eight, it's about 850 in pounds you can watch from anyone in the world and it's going to be 10 p.m uk time yeah and you can get these um ticket and merchandise bundles from about 50 dollars or from 50 dollars or something yeah. can't you Yes, and it's and and you'll find tickets at veeps.com, V-E-E-P-S.com, but you can go to any of my social media, just at Katie Tunstall, and find a link to it. But I'm not doing a lot of shows. It's been really important to me that when I do these things, they are proper special experiences for people that sound good and look great and offer something special. And I really think that that's, that that this is going to be it. Yeah, it's going to do that. It's a great thing to do, and it's one of the only things artists sort of can do at the moment. Um, so yeah. you know, why the hell not? And brilliant to connect with your fans. I know you must be missing that, and um, I guess it leads quite nicely onto you're quite a proud supporter, of course, of the We Make Events campaign. Which, for anyone again that yeah. isn't um, aware of what that is, it's calling on the government to provide urgent help to protect the huge number of incredibly hardworking and highly skilled people that work in the live music and live events industry whose futures are kind of under threat. And I know you been involved with um, raising funds for of course a close um thing to your heart for the scottish touring crews that've been affected yeah, and everything um cuz you know without them as we know and as you know it, it happened, is the name of that but you know this is over 200,000 people in the UK who are for the most part freelancers working in the live music in, 
industry. And these are incredibly highly skilled jobs where they have learnt on the job. You don't go to college and learn this stuff. You learn it by by being on the job. And so even if the venues miraculously manage to stay open, the question is, will anyone be working there? Um, and these people, because they're freelance, are having trouble accessing any funding. Um, and so they just desperately need some help. Mm. And it seems like a bit of an obvious question, because, but I'm asking because at a glance, I think some people don't really get the We Make Events campaign or don't look into it much. And they think it's just the well-known artists that they know of moaning about they can't perform. They don't really have much sympathy. But um, really, obviously, it's about highlighting everyone else that makes the live events happen. You know, they're not being taken care of by royalties, etc. And even well-known artists, you know, touring is a big part of their income anyway, isn't it? So, you know, why is it yeah, so well, important to you? There's no reason why people should know this, but but touring is an absolutely dreadful business model. It's incredibly expensive um, to tour. For, for example, when I did my sec- my third record, Tiger Suit, I, I did two weeks rehearsal, which I'd never do now. I'd make sure everyone <laughs> knew what they were doing when they came in the room. But it, I was it was to to rehearse up a full band with the crew was forty grand before I even hit the road. So a lot of tours, a lot of the time, unless you're a very big artist, are really just breaking even. A lot of even big tours, they're not, they're breaking even uh, on ticket sales and they're actually making the money from the merchandise store. They're not making money from the, from the ticket sales. So it's, it's a, it's a hard business to, to, to do well in. And a lot of artists were already struggling to make ends meet through touring um, before COVID. So, I mean, I think that this situation has definitely highlighted the issue with that and it needs looking at. Um, and but, but in the meantime, we all need to remember how important going to gigs are, how important music is to us. What do you do to make yourself feel better? You listen to music or you go and see a show. And that's, that's not just a personal thing. That's a community. Mm-hmm. That's community well-being. And that's what these venues are. And these venues don't run unless there's people, human beings running them. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think it's so great that people like yourselves are bringing such awareness. I know a lot of um, well-known acts are doing it, but it's just keep, you need to keep that yeah. message up, don't you? Because it's um, easy to just get lost yeah, in the Yeah, and I mix. mean, you know, at the end of the day, the big venues are going to be okay. The big venues that are kind of sponsored by large companies and they, they're going to have some contingency for, I mean, you know, not necessarily enough for what's happened, but they're definitely going to be in a better situation than these very small venues that are constantly badgered by developers wanting to buy them, constantly getting their business taxes raised beyond reasonable amounts. And really, it's, they're all labors of love. No one's in the, no one's in the, in the freelance crew or venue business to make a killing. It's because they love what they do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, I know another thing you've been keeping yourself busy with, and you've been very active, obviously, in getting involved in all sorts of projects, I know, from documentaries to um, embracing, I know, going grey, which has really resonated with me today, by the way, because I found one. So I'm really proud you're kind of uh, flying the flag there for us, Katie. But one of them was um, your your Song Studies music course, um, which is the, um, you know, has a step-by-step breakdown of you, of three of your songs. Yeah, it's with um, with a great great outfit called Music Guru. That's right, yeah. And they got an if um if I'd like to do a course and I'd never really done anything like that before so I was like god I don't know if I'm going to be any good at it and then I was like that's really good I'm really impressed 
with how they edited it together. It's actually really useful. I, like, I should watch that back myself. <laughs> so what's the feedback like been from the people that are doing the course? It's been great. I think what's been really interesting about it is not just guitarists or not just singer-songwriters. It's, it's actually people looking to write, people looking to you know, for tips on how to get their feelings into songs and and um and then people who were interested in starting playing guitar or um just song craft as well is um is a kind of subject on its own. Uh and so there's been fantastic feedback. Mm, that's great because uh, I guess that's a big part, isn't it, of why you did it. You you want that interaction, you want to see how it's benefiting people, don't you? Definitely. I think people do, sadly, have some more time on their hands than they usually would at the moment. Um, and uh, and I think that, do you know, so many people say, oh, I've always wanted to play an instrument and I, and I have never had the chance to do it. And it's actually not a bad time to have a noodle about and see if you can't learn something. Mm, exactly. Yeah, brilliant time because, uh, like you said, that we, everyone's kind of twiddling their thumbs. I mean, maybe people on yeah. furlough and that kind of thing more than anyone. But, um, and let's just fantastic. give a shout-out to all the people who aren't twiddling their thumbs and are getting really annoyed hearing about <laughs> people twiddling their thumbs. I feel so sorry for people who are still absolutely oh. full at their jobs. I dream of twiddling um, so my thumbs. That would be amazing. I would, yeah, I would always choose twiddling my thumbs. <laughs> And I, um, last time as well, you said, um, obviously, things, um, we weren't sure what was going to happen at the time. So I think we spoke to you in April and you said you, you planned to play with Squeeze in summer and Hall of Notes, literally to the, the soundtrack to my childhood, by the way, both of them. So oh, then obviously that kind of didn't really happen because of everything that's going on. So I know Hall of Notes is next year now, isn't it, rescheduled? So what's going on yeah. with Squeeze and all your other gigs then? So the Squeeze, the, the Hall of Notes tour is me, is Hall of Notes, Squeeze and me. So that was like a, we were like a double opener for, for Hall and & Oates. And then I was also opening with the girl band for Rick Astley. We were oh. we were doing his arena tour in the UK and that's been rescheduled also. So if you just check my socials or his socials for all the new dates. Um, but I think it's going to be a wait. I think it's going to be a wait until we really know that we can all safely gather again. And in the meantime... I've just I, I'm making a new album, which is really exciting. Okay. Doing it remotely, mm-hmm. some friends in London, and um, so you know, it's just about being creative and being productive in the meantime, and then using whatever ways we can to keep connected. And I'm loving my Patreon, which I've launched since I last talked to you, and that's a fan club. It's online. It's ten bucks a month, and there's exclusive downloads, and we get together and have dance parties, and we do collaging together, and we've done a Brazilian percussion class together, and it really feels like a community um, while we can't actually get together in person. Yeah, I guess it's it's the best we can do at the moment. It sounds like you're really getting a lot out of it, and so is everyone else that's involved. So I think that's um, that's great to hear. Yeah. It's great. It's really, it's been a very positive aspect of it for sure. Okay. And we can all moan about social media, but my God, imagine how isolated we'd all feel if we didn't have it now. I know. I keep seeing these silly memes floating around. Imagine if this happened in, I don't know, 2003, we'd all be playing snakes on our phone, wouldn't we? (laughs) It'd have been pretty different for sure. No Netflix, no Tiger King. Oh, that was early lockdown. That seems like a lifetime ago. No constant fear mongering and trolling. What would we do? No crippling self doubt from Photoshop for those. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So, again, just for everyone listening, the Whiskey A Go Go tickets available now from Beeps. 
so you know go go online and buy them um so you can join casey in a virtual way at the at the whiskey go-go club because um it's gonna be amazing and isn't can, it you can heckle me as much as you like yes and write in caps lock just in case they haven't got right, the yeah, up if nice you want to shout yeah do it caps lock and i know that you're really shouting at me <laughs> okay Thank you, Katie, for coming back and yeah, uh, joining us on the show again. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, have Great a wonderful to be, day. Take care. Okay, you, too. you too. Bye then. Thanks. Bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.